We are gearing up for the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs with an episode dedicated to the loyal listeners of Locked On New York Rangers, a very special mailbag edition. We're going to talk team chemistry, Patrick Kane, and the importance of continuing to be patient with your young players. All that and much, much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 805 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And yeah, as I just said, you know, basically just going to do a mailbag edition here. Going to go into the uh, YouTube comments section, which is always a fascinating place. But, you know, it's it's really cool with Locked On Rangers because you guys always are very respectful of each other and uh, a lot of differing opinions out there. But everybody always, you know, keeps it clean and, uh, you know, respects the other person's opinion and everything. So uh, that's great. It's a really cool community that we've built here of, uh, you know, obviously passionate, diehard uh, New York Ranger fans. So uh, we're going to go ahead and not waste any time here. I'm going to minimize the screen for those of you uh, watching here on YouTube and for those of you not watching on YouTube, don't worry about it. I got you covered, too. I'm going to read some comments uh, that were left on the YouTube comment section for various uh, recent episodes of Locked On New York Rangers. And we're going to start with a comment here from Christopher Big Bear. Uh, this is an episode where I was talking about Patrick Kane and you know how he's done so far with the Rangers and you know mentioning the fact that he's got decent numbers. He's gotten a couple of points here and there. There's times where he's looked like Patrick Kane, but uh, there's also times where it seems like he's kind of moving at half speed. It's just been a little bit underwhelming. Um, but, you know, I'm still hopeful, keeping my fingers crossed that, you know, as we've talked about on here, um, you know, he is someone who is obviously just kind of saving his energy, saving his gas for the playoffs, because obviously he's on the back nine of his career. Um, and it's possible that he knows himself and he realizes that the playoffs are coming up and uh, he's got to do what he can to kind of basically just coast right now and then uh, really step on the gas in the playoffs and do everything he can uh, to help this team win its first Stanley Cup since 1994, and uh, he can win the fourth Stanley Cup of his NHL career. But getting to the comment from Christopher Big Bear here is what he had to say. Patrick Kane is not here to help us win regular season games. Patrick Kane is explicitly here to help us in the playoffs. If he gets hurt, it was all for nothing. I think the organization knows that, and I think management knows that, and I think Patrick Kane knows that. I think if need be, Patrick Kane will sacrifice the rest of his career to help us come playoff time. I am not concerned about Kane. And then we also had uh, Nando's son here also weighing in and uh, responding to the comment from Christopher, and he says, well said, bud. I agree with you on that 100. And yeah, I think there's certainly some merit to what both of you are saying there. I mean, you know, to your point, it's entirely possible that Patrick Kane is very well aware of the fact, you know, ever since he got traded here, that this team is going to be going to the playoffs. And as I just mentioned, he's got to conserve his energy. And, um, you know, if there's anybody capable of flipping the switch as soon as the playoffs start and basically becoming a completely different player and uh, taking his talents to, you know, their their highest level, uh, I would say Patrick Kane is probably that guy. He's played well over 100 career Stanley Cup playoff games. It's obvious that he knows what he's doing. And, 
You know, you, you just hope that that's exactly what's going to happen. He'll he'll step on the gas and he'll flip that light switch, use whatever analogy you want to use, but the, he'll take his game to a whole nother level uh, come playoff time. It is certainly possible. Um, right now, I, I think the concern that some Ranger fans have and a little bit of concern for me is we just haven't seen enough of that. We haven't seen that guy, Patrick Kane, the, the greatest American-born player ever, you know, all the awards that he's won. I think a nine-time All-Star, three-time Cup champion, Conn Smythe winner, Art Ross winner, Ted Lindsay winner. The, the list just goes on and on and on. And we just haven't quite seen that guy. But hopefully we do see him uh, come Stanley Cup playoff time. We also have a comment here that comes to us from the Nature Boy. I'm going to go ahead and assume that this is not Ric Flair. I guess you never know for sure. But uh, the Nature Boy said, I remember when Espo, Marcel Dion, and Guy Lafleur played for the Rangers. Same story. We get a legend after they were already a legend. Mess was the one that delivered. Yeah, Messier, uh, safe to say he delivered in a big, big way for this New York Ranger team. Uh, and there's some truth to what you said as well. And there's also some uh, more contemporary examples of that as well. You know, the Rangers got Eric Lindros when he was well past his prime. Um, you know, Pavel Bore is another name that definitely comes to mind. They go out and they, they kind of would reach for these players um, that were, were clearly winding down in their career. And it just never came together. And uh, we got to hope that uh, that does not you know, repeat here with Patrick Kane coming over to the Rangers. Even if it does, though, I'll never fault the Rangers. I'll never fault Chris Jury for going out and getting Patrick Kane, finding a way to do salary cap gymnastics and make this happen. Because even if you're not a big Patrick Kane fan, you got to admit that the Rangers are better off with, you know, Patrick Kane in the playoffs than they would be with, say, either Johnny Brodzinski or Jake LeCision, which in all likelihood is who would be the 12th forward for this team if Patrick Kane was not here. So, you know, for those reasons, I think you still have to feel good about the fact that uh, they got Patrick Kane and they certainly got him uh, for a reasonable price as well. A couple other comments on this video talking about Patrick Kane. We got a comment here from Lawrence Cruz. He says, definitely Kane was setting Mika up for 40 and what he's talking about here, just to kind of pause me reading his comment here, uh, the Rangers had a two on O. Mika passed the Kane. Kane had a great chance to shoot, tried to force it back to Mika. And if Mika scored there, it would have been his 40th goal. Um, so a little bit of context was needed there. But yes, this is what Lawrence has to say about it. Once again, definitely Kane was setting up Mika for 40. This game was never in doubt. Meaningless as far as the standings, Kane has displayed his marksmanship shooting. Vet who will get it done. And then JSK responded to Lawrence here. I pretty much agree. I think he's really not giving a bleep until the playoffs, which also, given his hip, is probably fine. But in the flashes he's shown, it's still there, it seems. So I think it'll come together in the playoffs. And yeah, I'm very, very hopeful for that. You know, there's it seems like Ranger fans are kind of on one extreme or the other, where it's either like, ah, don't worry about it, he'll be fine. He's going to uh, set the world on fire uh, once the playoffs start. Or it's the opposite. It's like Patrick Kane is, is no good anymore. He's killing this team and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I think the truth probably lies somewhere in between. And I, I tend to be a little bit more on the optimistic side that Patrick Kane will dial it up a notch in the playoffs. I don't know if we're going to get like, you know, prime Patrick Kane leading the league in points, you know, Conn Smythe winner and all that good stuff. I, I don't know that he'll take his game quite to that level. I'd love to be wrong about that. But I do think he's going to be a productive player uh, for the Rangers come Stanley Cup playoff time. We're going to keep everything rolling uh, in just a second here. I want to uh, get into a couple other of your guys' comments uh, that you've left in the YouTube section here. And uh, like I said, we will do that in just a second. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets 
for the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And to just go ahead and uh, keep everything rolling here, we're going to move on to uh, the next video here. There are a couple of things I want to get to in this one here. Uh, Robert Forster talking about the Ranger win says, look good last night. Also pretty pleased with Harper sticking up for his mates and showing some snarl last night. Yeah, I totally agree. Ben Harper, he, he's out there looking to protect his teammates. He, he's done a great job with that this season. And, uh, you know, there, there's some Ranger fans that don't really get it. They don't really get why he was extended uh, for two years after this one when he was almost out of out of hockey uh, before this season began and obviously signed a PTO with the Wolfpack. I think it's a cool story. He had to scratch and claw his way back into the NHL, carved out a decent role for himself with the Rangers. And, um, you know, for a number seven defenseman making just a shade over the league minimum, uh, I think the Rangers are, are doing just fine in that department. And yeah, uh, he did a great job in that game against the Lightning, that crazy game, four fights, all kinds of fisticuffs, all kinds of just crazy things happening. Uh, Igor Shesterkin getting run and Ryan Lindgren trying to uh, attack. Who was it that did that? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head and I can't. Uh, I should be able to remember that, but but regardless, you know, Ryan Lindgren sticking up for Igor, but yeah, Ben Harper's been doing that all season. He, he really watches out for his teammates out there, and, uh, you know, that's obviously very nice to see, um, and then we'll continue along here uh, to our next episode in the comment section there. This is a question from Georgia Bulldog Will, uh, and he actually is uh, referencing something that uh, we talked about, Adam and I did this crossover episode, Locked on Rangers and Locked on Lightning, and Georgia Bulldog Will uh, responded to a comment that we made about the Atlanta Thrashers. He says, it was 2007, and boy, do I miss the Atlanta Thrashers. He's referring to uh, a situation where the Rangers played the Thrashers in the first round of the playoffs, Rangers swept them right out of the playoffs, and basically right out of existence, because that was also uh, the last season of Atlanta Thrashers hockey, and yeah, I, I feel you, man. I mean, it's you know, they didn't have that big of a following, but I'm sure, listen, I mean, in the entire city of Atlanta, I'm sure there were some true diehards there that uh, love going to the games, love supporting that team. And, 
certainly have missed them since they're gone. Uh, the closest example I can think of that was, you know, there's a minor league baseball team around here in Connecticut called the New Haven Ravens. Uh, seriously, like 100 points to anybody that knows what I'm talking about right now. But uh, they were in existence for probably about 10 years. And uh, their last season was my senior uh, senior year of high school. And my friend and me went to just a ton of games that year. We went to the last game ever. Really a cool environment. And I still miss that team to this day, just to kind of throw out an example. And I never got to a Danbury Trashers game, which is my greatest regret uh, of anything related to sports in my life. I, I just wasn't aware of them uh, when they were around. So that's unfortunate too. And uh, it would have been really cool to see uh, a Danbury Trashers game back in the day. We also had a couple of uh, predictions for this game as well. This comes to us from uh, Hockeyist Guy Alive. Great, great name there. Uh, so he mentioned, you know, going into this Rangers Lightning game, he, he almost, he pretty much did knock it out of the park and almost got it exactly perfect as far as his predictions were concerned. Because Adam and me both did predictions as far as uh, who was going to win that game between the Rangers and Lightning. Hockeyist Guy Alive says six to two Rangers, not even close, three fights. And then he also wrote, and I, I got to go ahead and uh, like these comments here because that is, I mean, you talk about knocking it out of the park. Um, yeah, I mean, he 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 got it pretty much right on the nail. The Rangers won the game six to three instead of six to two, and there were actually four fights instead of three fights. But hey, you know what? Close enough. He he really uh he really nailed that one. Did hockeyist guy alive? Uh, let's see, a couple other uh, predictions here. So this one comes to us from Juan S, and uh, he's talking about Rangers Lightning. This New York-Tampa clash will not be a repeat of the 2022 conference matchup where the Lightning beat the Rangers in the Eastern Conference final. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. Uh, Tampa will probably win two games with the Rangers will come out victorious. Yeah, um, I, I'm hopeful that if there is a rematch between the Rangers and Lightning, that uh, it's a different conclusion to the story this year. I mean, I think for sure the Rangers have a better team this year than they did last year. But as we all know, that doesn't really guarantee anything come Stanley Cup playoff time. And I'd love to see a rematch between the Rangers and Lightning, because if we get one, it means that it's happening in the Eastern Conference final and that the Rangers have gotten through the first two rounds of the playoffs and maybe they can get some payback against the Tampa Bay Lightning and finally not allow the Lightning to go to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but first things first, Juan, we got to get there. There, man, because there's there's going to be a lot of really, really, really good teams in the playoffs in general this year, but certainly in the Eastern Conference. Um, it's going to be just an absolute bloodbath, and uh, I just hope the Rangers can come out on top. I'm, I'm feeling very confident about this team, but uh, it's certainly not going to be easy. They're going to be in a dogfight in the first round. Hopefully they get through it, and then uh, we just take it from there at that point. We're going to keep everything rolling here. I want to continue, you know, going through these comments here. It's always a fun doing these mailbag editions uh, with you guys here. Uh, but first, what we got to do is let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Bilt Bars at Bilt.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick 
You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. All right, we'll go ahead and keep everything uh, rolling right along here and, and t- talk about a couple of other comments uh, that you guys left here. And, uh, you know, I mentioned in the intro here that uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the, the concept of staying patient with the kids. And I, I think Pat McMahon here, uh, with his comment or her comment, uh, hit the nail on the head here. Uh, Mika spent five years in Ottawa before he came to the Rangers. He was a first-round choice and considered a mild bust because of his stats. Many great players like Marchand and others took years to establish themselves. That's why it's so important for the New York Rangers to hold on to the kid line and their young D. Uh, COVID, half seasons, they're only scratching the surface. Patience will be rewarded. And yeah, I tend to agree. You know, it, it's been a process. You know, I, I think at this point, all of us would probably have expected better offensive numbers from guys like Alexi Lafreniere and guys like Capo Caco. But listen, not everybody gets to be Alex Ovechkin or Connor McDavid right out of the starting blocks here. There, there's a lot of examples, and you mentioned a couple of them here, both Binka and Brad Marchand, of guys who, you know, put up okay numbers when they came into the league, but really didn't do a whole lot. You know, with Marchand, it's interesting because, um, you know, he was basically expected to be, I think at best, like a third or fourth line player and somebody that, you know, would mix it up and play physical and, and play the mental game. And he does all that, but he also became a heck of an offensive player as well. I think he went way past uh, what people thought his ceiling would be. With Mika, it's a little different because I want to say he was drafted like fourth overall. It was like fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there uh, by the Ottawa Senators. But yeah, um, he didn't really set the world on fire with Ottawa. And the Rangers pretty much bought low on him. You know, they, they had the opportunity to pounce there and they took that opportunity trading away Derek Broussard for Mika Zibanejad. And Mika, you know, comes to the Rangers and, you know, just a steady climb. You know, his first couple of years with the Rangers wasn't like phenomenal numbers, but he was moving in the right direction, getting better and better. You could see that upside. You could see that potential. And now, I mean, he's having probably the best season of his career right now and has just become one of the most complete centers, one of the best all-around players in this entire league. So I'm with you, man. You know, and Mika's like, how old is he now? Like 28 or 29, somewhere in there. So it can take some time. And the thing about Heedle, Caco, Lafreniere, I think all three of them, even though maybe you expect a little bit more sometimes, all three of them have gotten better and better uh, and become more and more confident since they've come into the league with every season that goes by. We're just looking for them to do it maybe a little bit faster, a little bit better of a pace. But I, I think that's an excellent point there. And uh, I think for sure, um, you know, you've you got to be patient with these young guys. You can't be trading away, you know, Alexi Lafreniere for a rental of some kind. You just can't do that. And I'm glad the Rangers uh, did not do that. Uh, so we got a comment from Jocelyn Cooper here. Jocelyn, every time that she leaves a comment, it, it looks just like this. It's just a bunch of smiling emojis, and she does it pretty much every uh, video that I record here, every every episode after the Rangers have won a game. So um, you know what? The Rangers have been playing well. Jocelyn, I want you to continue doing that, especially in the playoffs. Every time the Rangers win a game, I want to see those smiling emoji faces uh, somewhere in the comments section of every episode of Locked On New York Rangers. I'm superstitious enough that I want to see that that trend continue there. So so good stuff there. Um, we got another comment from Robert Forchner as well. Uh, excellent team effort, finish the season strong, guys. And I think for the most part, they've done that. There have been a couple games where, you know, a little bit lackluster, but victim of circumstance, you know, playing this, the night after you had that war with Tampa Bay 
And, um, you know, this most recent game against Buffalo, the Rangers should have won that game. But uh, credit to Buffalo for rallying and doing everything they can to keep their playoff hopes alive. But just one game left, and uh, let's hope the Rangers can close it out with two more points, perhaps even dra uh, jump, excuse me, the, the Devils and or the Canes. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll do a couple more here before we call it a day. This one comes to us from uh, Dinoz13. He says, added too many high-end wingers and effed up your chemistry Rangers. And then White GD writes, uh, let's see, that would be 1 billion percent correct. Yeah, no, I, I don't agree with this. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You know, there, there's a lot of people that wanted the Rangers to add more grit at the uh, trade deadline here. But you can't tell me that adding Vladimir Tarasenko and Patrick Kane has made the Rangers a worse team. Because imagine that Tarasenko and Kane aren't here right now. How are you filling out this lineup? Because, you know, Capo Caco, I think all of us kind of like the kid line. I mean, you could take him and put him, you know, on the top line, maybe with Mika and Kreider. Uh, you could take Lafreniere and you could take him away from left wing and move him to the right wing and put him out there with Panarin and Trocek. These are all options, but then uh, you really run out of depth. You know, I mean, who makes up the third line at that point? What they would probably do, the kid line would probably stay together as the third line. And then you'd probably have, you know, Goodrow and VZ playing in top six roles. And then you would have guys like Johnny Brodzinski and Jake LeCision in the lineup. And I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier in today's episode, but who would you rather have right now? Would you rather have Tarasenko and Kane or would you rather have uh, LeCision and Brodzinski? I think the answer is pretty obvious. And, you know, there's things to nitpick, certainly about Patrick Kane, maybe about Vladimir Tarasenko as well. Although I don't see too many Ranger fans who are upset with Tarasenko. I, I think a lot of us uh, are very happy uh, first of all, that the Rangers picked him up, and secondly, very happy with the performance that he's had, the way he's fit in with his new team. Uh, he's done a heck of a job, and I, I think he has a big uh, postseason run forthcoming. He he did the same thing with the St. Louis Blues, won a cup there, uh, seems to come up big in some big spots. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have to disagree there. I certainly respect your opinion, but you can't tell me that Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko uh, mess up this entire Ranger team and are going to be the reason why the Rangers don't win the Stanley Cup if they do not win the Stanley Cup. You know, to me, it's it, those are two good additions for this team. Uh, PJ Sebado, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, left a comment. I was really struggling in this episode. I was trying to pronounce the name of one of the opposing players, and uh, Paterka is the way to say it. So he wrote, you got it, Paterka. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's go with... Uh, you know what, let's let's go ahead and jump to the next episode. A couple of people were getting concerned because the Rangers had a little bit of a lackluster performance here, but we're getting toward the end of today's episode, and I certainly want to uh, end the end the episode on a positive, you know, some, some good things that happen. And uh, this one comes to us. We got a comment here from Oogle Boogle. Where where do you guys come up with these YouTube names? Like, I gotta know. You guys, you guys are very creative. Oogle Boogle uh, writes in the YouTube comment section, Mika definitely took a pay cut. And then uh, White GD responded to Oogle Boogle here, and he wrote, good thing they're not allowed to renegotiate their contracts once they're signed. We would be bleeped. Yeah, I think for sure. Mika's advantage at this point is an absolute steal, $8.5 million per season. Uh, you know, when they signed him, it was a little bit pricey, but I was completely on board with it. You know, you have to... You have to ensure your future at the center position. Great centers, great two-way centers, elite two-way centers do not grow on trees in this league. And I, I think resetting Mika was the thing to do there. And there was all that debate about, you know, some Ranger fans went Jack Eichel. I'm thinking like, man, forget about Jack Eichel. We've got one of the best centers in hockey here. Uh, Mika does not have a neck issue like Jack Eichel does. And I'm not making 
light of Jack Eichel's injury, you know, I'm just stating the facts here. He's got uh, a neck injury, and certainly there's at least some concern there. Mika Zibanejad, we know, um, has embraced New York and has, has thrived here. Uh, he is loved by his teammates. He's somebody that at the time when he was re-signed was in the running to perhaps even be the next uh, New York Ranger captain. Of course, he's not the Ranger captain, but he's an alternate and certainly one of the uh, elder statesmen and one of the leaders on this team. And yeah, for $8.5 million a season, I, I really do believe right now at least that Mika Zibanejad is an absolute steal. Got another comment here from Eddie Edwards. Trade Goudreau then, he's paid way too much for a fourth liner. Yeah, I, this is something that I've brought up from time to time. And, you know, you try to you, know, you look at the salary cap situation. How can we twist ourselves into a pretzel and re-sign this guy and acquire that guy and trade for this guy and, and still stay, un, stay under the salary cap? And it's tough to do it. And one guy that kind of, I don't want to say has been a target of mine because I really like Barclay Goodrow. And I, I feel like he's got a big moment in him, perhaps in the playoffs coming up here. Does a lot of the little things, you know, just a gritty player uh, for the New York Rangers and one of the leaders on this team as well. Two-time former Stanley Cup champion. Um, but you look at right now, the players on the Rangers, you go to cap friendly. Okay, this guy's making this much and that guy's making that much. And how are we going to do this? How are we going to stay under the uh, salary cap? Barclay Goodrow, I believe at $3.61 million per season. He can only block a trade to half the teams in the league. So if the Rangers are in a spot where the money is tight and you got to re-sign this guy and do this and that and the other thing, and you know somebody has to go, somebody's a salary cap casualty, I could see a situation where it ends up being Barclay Goodrow. And by no means do I want to see him leave this team. But just looking at the reality of the situation, I'm not so sure that Barclay Goodrow is going to play out that entire contract with the New York Rangers. But we shall see. Uh, maybe there's a way for them to keep him in the fold um, You know, throughout throughout. Uh, at least the next couple of seasons here. Uh, we got a comment from RJ Frost here, because uh, I think I mentioned Pavel Buchnevich in this episode. Speaking of Buchnevich, his development trajectory was quite, quite similar to what Heedles is like. For the first number of years, he didn't live up to expectations, and I remember the fan base being quite disappointed and critical of him. It wasn't until the end of his fourth year, and especially his fifth year, that he finally became the player everyone hoped he would be. Yeah, I think you knocked it out of the park with that comment. I see a lot of similarities there um, where, you know, flashes here and there from Buchnevich in the first couple of years, flashes here and there from Philip Heedle in the first couple of years. Heedle, at times, could get really hot. I think it was kind of the same thing with Buchnevich. Both of them certainly struggled with their consistency. And uh, yeah, you know, Philip Heedle having what could be considered a breakout season here. And I'm also willing to bet RJ, and I, I don't know how you feel about the Buchnevich trade, but a lot of the Ranger fans that you know, we're furious at Drury that we'll never forgive him for trading Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, I get the feeling a lot of those same fans, not all, but a, a good amount of them were also fans who were saying uh, as recently as the year before that, or certainly two years before that, I'll trade Buchnevich. Buchnevich is no good. Buchnevich can't play this, that, and the other thing. Um, so, you know, that, that's just the way it goes sometimes, though. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that Pavel Buchnevich has done fairly well for himself with the Blues. Obviously, you know, team success hasn't really occurred this season. They were sellers at the deadline, trading Tarasenko, uh, trading Ryan O'Reilly, and uh, also Mikola, among other players. So, uh, yeah, I, I do see some parallels there, though, between uh, Buchnevich and Philip Heedle. I figure uh, we could pretty much call it there for today. I This is a pretty funny comment, though. This is one of those, like, really short videos that I posted. I was reacting to, um, you know, the re-signing of Philip Heal because we know he's going to be in the fold uh, past this season. He signed an extension. And S. Flett uh, writes, it's the only comment on this video, he just writes, jury. And, yeah, I, I've said this multiple times. Uh, Chris Jury, I think, has had a lot more hits than misses 
uh, during his tenure as the Ranger GM. He hasn't been perfect, but I think he's gotten a lot more right than he's gotten wrong. Uh, let's see. There was, oh yeah, so I wanted to end on this comment. Uh, well, a couple more comments here. We got one from David Roth, though. Uh, Roth, definitely a very loyal listener of this show. And, you know, going into this offseason here, he made a comment about, you know, Trocek, Kopstrom, and Vetrano, and, um, you know, kind of comparing and contrasting all of them. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second here. Um, but to kind of just set the stage for this, you know, obviously coming into this offseason, a lot of conjecture about what the Rangers should do. Should they re-sign any of these rentals? And then as far as second-line center, it kind of felt like it was either going to be Strom, Cop, or Trocek. It ends up, of course, being Trocek. The Rangers let the other two walk. Um, but this is what uh, David Roth had to uh, had to say. And uh, this, this comment is from almost two weeks ago, so the numbers are going to be a little bit different now. But uh, the, the general point will still be there. But this is what Roth had to say. Uh, Frank Vetrano, 18 goals, 18 assists, 36 points in 73 games. Ryan Strom, 14 goals, 22 assists, 36 points in 74 games. Andrew Kopp, 9 goals, 31 assists, 40 points in 73 games. And Vincent Trocek, 20 goals, 39 assists, and 59 points in 74 games. Case closed. And I completely agree. He's certainly outplayed all of those players. And that's just looking at points. I mean, you look at other aspects of the game as well. I think uh, certainly on the faceoff circle, I mean, Vitrano's not a center, so you can't include him there. But uh, Trocek is a better, you know, face-off taker than either Cop or Strom. I think he's a better defensive player overall. And just all-around game, you know, a little bit more physical maybe than some of those players as well. And uh, somebody that can pinch in in the penalty kill. I mean, some of those other guys can play the PK also. But, yeah, Vincent Trocek has felt like a glove. I think he's done a heck of a job for the Rangers this season. And uh, they made the right decision to uh, go with Trocek. Uh, above any of those aforementioned players. The, the one thing that I'll say in defense of really all three of Vitrano, Strom, and Kopp, none of them play for good teams. Vitrano and Strom are on the Ducks, who are just bad. I mean, let's just call it like it is. And, you know, Kopp's on the Red Wings, and, you know, they, they were playing a little bit better this season, and I think they're going in the right direction, but they've certainly tailed off as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a situation where I think the Rangers certainly made uh, the right decision. And then I'll do... Uh, one more comment here from Robbie Neal Zucker, who actually left several comments uh, on this video here. And let's let's go with this one. They are one of the worst teams at goals off four checks and goals off rebounds. Kid line and fourth line play below the goal line. The top six don't. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, this, this was at that stretch. There was a game where the Rangers played where clearly the third line and the fourth line outperformed all of the top six. But I, I think that was kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of a fluke. I mean, not a fluke that the third line and fourth line played well, but it was one of those games where you know, the top six for the Rangers just didn't really show up, uh, just did not have a good night. Uh, I have noticed, you know, that the line that really goes to work behind the net is the kid line. Uh, I think as far as just pure talent, the top six, they'll, they'll make up for, you know, any deficiencies they may have in terms of playing behind the net just by, you know, pure talent and the things that they can do on the ice. And I know in the playoffs, you got to get some gritty goals. I, I think the Rangers will do that. Um, you know, the top six, they, they get a gritty goal every now and then from time to time. But um, yeah, I think to your point, Kid Lion, the fourth line, uh, they were they were really showing a lot of grit on that night. And um, Robbie Neal Zucker also said talented, but no, not physical. And I disagree. You know, we, we debunked this myth in a recent episode where, uh, you know, the Rangers, they're up there. They're, they're top 10 in the league in hits per game. I think they were like eighth. Uh, they've gotten into about the seventh or eighth, eighth most fights in the league. So this is a team that doesn't back down from anybody. And I think sometimes people look at all the talent that the Rangers have, and they just kind of assume that they're lacking in the grit department. 
And I don't think that's true. You know, they, they might have more talent than grit, but that doesn't mean that they're lacking grit uh, as a whole. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to uh, share my thoughts on that. But, yeah, you know what? Love doing these episodes, guys. You know, keep keep it coming as far as the uh, comments in the YouTube section. We'll do episodes like this from time to time. It's always a ton of fun. And uh, as I mentioned, I wanted to at least do one more here, you know, before, um, before the playoffs start. So I'm glad we got to do that. Uh, that will do it for today, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely... Give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rainers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rainers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rainers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rainers your first listen every day. Now you make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.